Welcome to Return to Oz Minute. We're getting educational in these credit minutes. Uh, this is the podcast that is analyzing the 1985 Disney classic Return to Oz one minute at a time. And I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. I'm not quite in sepia tone, but <laughs> the end here, what the heck? Let's all go sepia tone. <laughs> Aw, I'm getting all sentimental as we reach the end. Uh, yes, this is minute 109. We've got our scrolling credits. We've got our farm photo in the background. And we begin with our scrolling credits for the FX. And we end with probably my favorite casting credit, Tansy as Toto. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dog. It's adorable and wonderful. I, I guess technically our first new name is <laughs> Optical Editorial Supervisor Peter Crook. K-R-O-O-K. Just while I'm pointing out cool names. Um, and we get, there's matte paintings and additional opticals by Disney EFX. I was trying to find current information on them. I kept seeing all these things from 2009. We're recording this in 2017. That doesn't help me. So I'm wondering, does Disney EFX still exist? Did they war with ILM? Please tell me California is just a seething state of FX company prank wars. Oh. I mean, you, you, you lived in California. That, that's, that's what's happening, right? On every corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, just all the time. When I was a little kid and going to run away to California, I definitely had plans to go live in the ILM warehouses <laughs> with all the models. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one place. <laughs> I'll, I'll hide like E.T. amongst all the things. They'll never know it's me. <laughs> um, and we get another music change in this minute. Uh, I think it lines up pretty well with the casting credits. It's like the Parade of Stars. So this is the rag, right? This, this, I'm trying to remember if it's just the Return to Oz rag or if it has a different name. Return to Oz rag march. There we yes. go. Yes. I knew I was missing something in that title. But yes, our parade of stars. And we have two actors credited for TikTok. Well, each of the characters I'm about to name has two actors credited. TikTok, Jack, and the Gump. And throughout these, there are there are both actors playing two roles and roles played by two actors. And really, how many times have we said TikTok, Jack, and the Gump as just one team? <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that it's just Gump and not the Gump. I mean, in my notes, I write the Gump, but it's just Gump. And it's not... I mean, I wasn't even going for Mr. Gump, which is my favorite form of address. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gump. He didn't seem to mind it. I think he kind of liked it when Jack called him that. Um, but yes, we've we've talked a lot about the making of these characters because it's awesome. <laughs> Let's see. We have, you know, I was wondering, what do you think Deep Roy's shooting schedule was like for this movie? Huh. The Tin Man is in this movie for about two seconds. Yeah. Well, Not to belittle the character, but... Yeah, I mean, he must have... So there's there's a few... There's the whole like, scene in the palace. And then 
<laughs> but the Tin Man's really just a prop there. And who swung the axe? Is he swinging the axe from inside the suit? I hope so. Gotta give him something to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm now really curious. I'm, I'm telling you, this is weird. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. We have three people. Well, no, because that's edited. TikTok has three people, because he has Michael Sundin and Tim Rose, and then Sean Barrett, the voice. Belina has Mac Wilson and Denise Breyer. Jack has Brian Henson and Stuart LaRange. Brian Henson is listed twice. Gump has Lyle Conway and Steve Norrington. Lyle is listed twice. So it looks even crazier than I am describing on the credits. Yeah. Um, the person playing Scarecrow, best name. We had a lot of fun with it, just in case. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, poor John Alexander playing the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Deep Roy is the Tim Man. He is, he is not in it for much. Yeah. Nothing against what he does do. It's just he's not in it for much. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. So Pons Mar is credited as Lead Wheeler and No Messenger. So he must have done The Voice. Oh, so he's the... Uh, I assume that's... Yeah, your the, Majesty. The terrible security, yes. Yeah. And no mention of his crucial role in sabotaging Dr. Worley in Kansas. <laughs> Can only do so much. <laughs> they list out... Oh, this is what I was A slight sidetrack to Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Of course. Personally. Uh, the, the end <laughs> credits, or going into the end credits, it's Augie's Great Municipal Band. I kind of wish there was something like that for... For, for this movie, for the for that end. Instead of being the, the Oz rag yeah, and, and March. Like, I sort of wish it was, uh, what was it? Zoran, Peterson's. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Peterson, but obviously. Parasic. Yeah, Zoran Parasic. Well, and it couldn't be him because he isn't from Oz. But some some kind of, something like Augie's Municipal, yeah, municipal Ragtime Band. Our jaunty little tune here. Oh yeah! Oh, I, I just want the name to be changed uh, to as oh, though okay. it were uh, an Oz band Not playing. Just part of the regular thing. Yeah. Okay. Can see that. Um, and I mean, this is their this is their march from entering the palace, so it's not like they don't have the means and technology and musicians. Doctor Worley's one hundred percent natural good time family band solution. I hope you wrote that down because I'm going to make you tell it me when I have to go name this minute. Excellent. Um, unless I unless I give the minute over completely to Tansy. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, Dorothy had four doubles for this movie. I mean, I'm not shocked that she had doubles, but four. Nicola Roach, Cheryl Brown, Allison Lynn, and Sarah White. No idea who did what, but kudos to you all. <laughs> well, they do kind of drop her onto that couch. Maybe that was one... One person at the very end. Yeah, I, I and, and you know, and I'm sure some of it was just like, I need you to stand here, and because uh, hmm. doubles could be used for so many different things. <laughs> and yes, I talked about the lovely canine actress Tansy when we were first introduced to Toto way back at the beginning of this movie and podcast. But I will mention again, Toto, 
at least in everything I've researched, has always been portrayed by a female dog, even though the character is male. But they're all wonderful, and I don't care. I love them so much. They're so cute! <laughs> Pansy, you did a good job. <laughs> you really did. You broke my heart, then you restored my heart. And <laughs> I mean, Tansy opened a window. That's... <laughs> I'm... I'm Almost a little surprised there wasn't a double, like a dog, dog opening double or something, like a dog train just to open windows. Hey, Mike Culling was not messing around. When he trains a dog, they're going to open a window to get out. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably, that was probably most of his work. It's just training the dog I, to open the window and then go out the window. <laughs> love my mental image of Toto left behind watching the movie with like, well, Toto wouldn't have hot chocolate, but a warm soothing beverage wrapped in a nice warm blanket while Dorothy floats out to sea. <laughs> Toto's like, I went on the last one. Yeah, well I had to come up with some headcanon after being so upset when she made him stay behind. So I, I had to decide that it was that he was okay with it. Yeah. Well, what is it in, uh, obviously, it's another topic I have no idea about. Like, in wrestling, don't you, like, tag people, like, to go to go out of the, the, the round? Oh, yeah. Toto just like tagged in. Thing. Yeah. Toto's like, oh, I see what's happening. I remember this from when the tornado went off. He tags in Belina, and then she goes off <laughs> on the mission. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it easy. Uncle Henry and I, you know, we just... Yeah. We've got to finish the, our half of the house. <laughs> oh, man. And um, now I want to see the scene where Dorothy comes back and explains, like, oh, Belina stayed in Oz where she's treated as a queen. And Toad's just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> where was my parade where someone carried me on a pillow with the key to the city around my neck? Yeah, Toto got the Chewbacca treatment. He was treated oh! as an afterthought. Because the family and friends, like oh, the farmhands, they all get around Dorothy's bed. No one's saying, hey, Toto, here's a milk bone for bringing, bringing uh, our niece back. And goodness knows Toto had earned it. Yeah. There's no happy ending to that movie without him. No, she, he's essential to, to getting getting the attention of the wizard. and Yeah. He totally literally pulls back the curtain. Spo spoiler, spoiler alert for The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> we'll have one more here. If you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz, and you've listened to this whole podcast, a curtain gets pulled back by a dog. Uh, that's all I'll say. It's important to the plot. <laughs> I was thinking of when he rescues, the, you know, takes the, takes the fall and does the diversion, the most dangerous part of any rescue mission. Yes. Yes, it is. But you're right. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is this is great. This makes me so happy. Um, if you want to know more about any of these actors, we've mentioned, I think, all of them. <laughs> we didn't talk about the policeman played by Bruce Boa, but I'm pretty sure we definitely named all the wheelers. Yep. We talked about all the different mommy heads. I I'm a little bit... Uh, upset that they're labeled as Mombi 2 and Mombi 3 because I think one of them expli is explicitly head 4. 
Um, right? I could be I could be completely wrong. And I guess it wouldn't make any sense to say Mombi 4 and like Mombi 27. Yeah. Loot playing Mombi and me and Mombi. I mean, we fixed it for that. And Jean Marsh is at Mombi 1. She just is Mombi. Yes. Which is a frustrating numbering system, but also I live in America where we start with one on the ground floor. So yeah, it's all right. Never mind. I'm not getting into this argument whether one has to be numbered or not. So, I don't know if you listened to the uh, the Star Trek minute. Mm-mm. But, well, not yet, I should say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so in in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Star Trek 3, they, they have to search for Spock. Uh, draw your <laughs> own conclusions. Um, there's a character, uh, uh, Yeoman Janice Rand, who appeared a few times in Classic Trek... Uh, the show, and I think was in at least one or two of the the first two movies. And they show they they bring the actress back, and she's in a brief scene. I think she's just like just kind of in the background, and you see her in in uh, like a space restaurant. Mm-hmm. And she's and and the credit isn't as Janice Rand; it's as like woman in restaurant. Okay. And they 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 were talking with with someone who suggested that that. Like, like we have IMDb. We can look all of these people up and find their their credits, and we, you know we we can you know determine who is you know different mommies, and we have access to the film all the time. But mm-hmm. back back in the eighties, you wouldn't have another resource. So just saying, oh, it was Janice Rand. If you're not a big Trekkie, you don't know who that character is necessarily <laughs> by name, but you recognize the actress, and they credit her as woman in restaurant. That at that point in time, that could have been a more correct way to do it because you may not remember this character who appeared, you know, a handful of times, but you do recognize the actors and be like, oh yeah, 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 she's she was in this episode and this episode, <laughs> and you could tie it to tie it together. See, I'm mean to fans. You you gotta earn those, tra- you know, you gotta earn your Easter eggs <laughs> by knowing these things. Plus, I feel like that opens you up to so many, like, did did uh, Rand have a twin sister? Identical twin sister running around the galaxy doing who knows what. By, by not having it named that I spent too much time in the Star Wars Expanded Universe. But that, to me, just opens it up like, well, then that's a new character. So now, why does that character look like this other character? Now we get to create a whole story. <laughs> Yes, yeah, she she lost her hand and it was it was regrown. <laughs> Listen, it, it, that I think is canon. So, but, oh no, it's not. I guess. <laughs> Boo. Oh, we don't know. Uh, Last Jedi hasn't come out yet. That's true. There's still a chance for a shot of Luke's hand holding a lightsaber spinning through space. And at this point in time, so it's it's 2017 for those listening in the the far future. Le- Le- November 2017, yes. pre-Last Jedi. We haven't seen Last Jedi. We haven't seen the Han Solo movie. We haven't seen Episode Nine. Nothing else has been named, but Ryan Johnson is making a, a spin-off trilogy of some sort. That could could have the hand, though it's not supposed to feature the Skywalker saga. You know, maybe maybe the hand is just a just an Easter egg that is somehow there, and you learn what happened to the hand. Uh, Starring. Luke Skullwalder. <laughs> yeah, and it would pick up on Lando's message in Empire Strikes Back. The hand, 
there's still a time, a chance to save the hand. He was trying to tell Chewie. He knew they couldn't shoot down oh, Boba Fett's ship. If I hear that, I will hate you forever. <laughs> he was trying to save Luke's hand. <laughs> no. We <laughs> could use the Sparty cloning cylinders. Oh. It's all been wiped away. Uh, Mike, I have followed you on many, many wandering theories, but... That Lando was saying there's still time to save the hand. I'm going to have to draw a line there. <laughs> and I say that as someone who very much enjoyed the Expanded Universe novels that dealt with that. But no. <laughs> Lando causes enough confusion in my heart because Marjay is so clearly from the beginning going to end up with Luke. Um, anyway, that's not this movie. Back to the Oz universe. Now that we've taken a lovely detail. Although, you know what? Hey, I had a note about Deep Roy in this minute. I feel like we earned it. <laughs> yeah. And there, I mean, there's only there's only one minute left. The, the, the content oh, we have. Oh, what a minute. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, excuse me. But since I do have a lot of notes for tomorrow, I wanted to take a minute to shout out some very special people. I mean, first of all, I am incredibly grateful to all our listeners because, oh my God, I can't believe you've listened to Mike and I talk about this movie for almost two hours worth of content and who knows how many hours worth of actual podcast. Um, but I, and anyone who has participated in our listeners group on Facebook, the listeners flying sofa has been so much fun, but I wanted to give a special shout out to the people who have guested on our show because as much fun as this week is, man, we could not have done it without these guys. We would have lost our minds by now. So I want to give a shout out to Chris, Lane, Gary and Victoria from the Harry Potter Minute and whatever projects they do in between seasons of Harry Potter. Thomas Howitt from the Neverending Minute and the upcoming X Minutes. Crystal Beth from everywhere well uh fifth element is her main movie spy minutes one the crystal bell don't yes, sorry the crystal except no imitations uh rick and julia from mad max minute daniel t hoisington MacArthur. Uh, he doesn't have a podcast of his own but he is an amazing part of the movie spy minutes society community community is the word i'm looking for um, and he attended a concert featuring Jerry Porter from Indiana Jones Minute with me. And he's one of the people that I convinced at that concert, like, hey, you should watch this movie. It's going to be cool. Then I made him come talk about it. We also had Nick Jimenez, who was one of the co-hosts of Back to the Future Minute and is involved in several dueling genre podcasts. We had Sean German, the biggest mime expert I know personally. Five minutes at a time. Um, yeah, he's also going to be doing Groundhog Day Minute, which will be interesting. Jonathan Carlisle from The Princess Bride Minute. Chris O'Connor from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. Brad Mendenhall, who hosts the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Uh, they, they did Minute of Darkness, the Army of Darkness one, but I think Cosmic Geppetto is his main baby. <laughs> Andrew Hawthorne. Why am I drawing a blank on why, on where Andrew Hawthorne is from? It's because you just you don't have time for heroics. He's from No Time for Heroics. Ah, thank you. I was going to say to 
edit that to make me sound smarter, but that's a way better thing. Uh, Megan Coleman, who will be on MASH Minute whenever we get our acts together and start it. <laughs> <laughs> then we brought Rick and Julia back. They had actually helped us out by filling in when we had a guest who couldn't do a whole week's worth at a time. And they had so much fun, and Julia had so many great insights, and Rick was seeing them and reacting to the movie for the first time that I I had to let them get in their their full efforts and then we had pete mummer from indiana jones minute i'm sure he's involved in others because he's another one of those guys that i'm just sure gets wrapped into these things and then we had the infamous nate who thank goodness did not make us use an alias on because i never would have remembered (laughs) yes you you got to experience what it was like for us growing up (laughs) watching return to oz Building the sofa. It was a good time. And I really enjoyed your uh, captions for those episodes when you posted them online. That was a fun, that was an entertaining week for me. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, we, we, it, was a, it was a lot of fun doing uh, doing a podcast with, with my brother. And and you, you managed to hang in there during, uh, during some of our craziness. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it was so much fun. I'll never know that joy, Elaine, my sister, who, I'm just kidding, I actually love her and I'm so grateful that she did the music for our podcast and gave the support we did, but we made plans to record together like three times and she bailed on me every time, so we're in a little bit of a fight. (laughs) Elaine, if you've now listened to 109 (laughs) minutes of this podcast, uh, thank you very much, and I'm sure Tyranny doesn't mean it. Quite as much as he just said. <laughs> we can't. We can't thank you enough for the theme song. Like it's that. That's amazing to have custom. A, a custom. I mean. Yeah. We, we've got original art here. I know. I know. But you know, you invite her over and you get all excited. No, actually, to be fair, the last time was a mutual canceling because we both had that. It was going around a couple days ago. We're like, you're not actually sick, but you're almost sick. And the fact that we both were doing that, we're like, we should not be in the same room, leaning very close to a microphone together. This is a bad idea. All right. Um, so, And I wasn't going to subject people to over iPhone recording <laughs> quality. So anyway, yeah, so those were our fabulous guests and some important people to the show. And it just thank you so much for coming on this show. It, it was an absolute ball, and I know it sounds like I'm ending the show, but I'm not, because we are going to end it tomorrow instead. Yes, we are. And to get there, we-og. T-og. P-og. P-og.